Ah, welcome aboard. The doors open. Come on in. All you need is to have the honesty, open-mindedness, and the willingness to try. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're welcome here. As our friend Rumi says, why stay in your jail cell when the door is open? Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations and full impact mindfulness where we help people help themselves to live a life out loud, to fully impact their life rather than trudge through life to flow through it and explode through every moment. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike, behind the mic. And today I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine. Uh, and when we got together, it was kind of a combination of uh, serendipity and synchronicity, I would say, my friend James Buckley. How you doing? <laughs> Glad to be here. So uh, we'll get into our relationship uh, perhaps a bit later in another upcoming podcast. However, what I want to discuss tonight is as this program, James, is uh, we advance social justice. We're interested in that. We're interested in not what what we can get is what we can do, okay? We feel on this program that we were given much, okay, and that gratitude must go forward. We, we feel that gratitude's an action word, and in doing so, I know that you're of the same milk. You're on that same boat. You're paddling that same canoe. And in that vein, you, every year you you organize a special event. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Uh, each year, we started last year with a uh, uh, an event that uh, raises awareness and helps fund some of the local women's shelters uh, against domestic violence. And, and we try to just... Uh, bring out a lot of musicians to come and play so we get a good attendance. We have a lot of contributors. So, and the beneficiaries are two of the local shelters uh, receive uh, much-needed funds to help support the women that do end up going there. And it's, it's amazing how far they can stretch a dollar. Tell us the origin of this idea. Tell, it how, tell us how it hatched. Well, I, when I was... Uh, uh, last year around March, I wanted to do something for women, you know, some kind of benefit for women. And I met with a couple friends of mine and uh, one was a guy that hosts this thing. And one of us mentioned domestic violence and my, the bell went off in my head and I said, that's it. That has to be it. Because it was so, you know, it doesn't discriminate. It's it's the perfect one to do, you know. And it's very serious. It's it's very prominent. It's going on every nine seconds. A woman is beaten, uh, and and if you think about that, uh, it's, it was it was a, just a perfect benefit to have for women. And uh, I'm so glad that I chose that one because. Uh, I really learned a lot about what's going on with domestic violence firsthand. What we try to do on this show, James, is we try to help empower people. We try yes. to help people find their own voice, get used actually to the sound of their own voice. Do you remember the first time you heard your recorded voice played back to you? Oh, probably. Yeah, it doesn't sound. I never. I didn't think it was me. <laughs> I thought it was someone else. But you know. Well, unfortunately. 
girls begin to lose their self-concept and self-esteem around the age of nine. I didn't make that up. Okay, so women are placed in another category, and this type, what type, what you're talking about, this domestic violence, used to be just that dirty little family secret. Right. No one would tell. No one wanted to tell. Exactly. Yes, that that was the way it was, and it uh, was kept quiet. It was kept secret. Uh, no one got, you know, uh, reprimanded for it as much, and uh, there was a lot of unnecessary suffering that went on women were, you know the fear was so high you know they were just afraid and a lot of them had just accepted it as part of life that's a that's a telling statement they accepted it so quite often what people stay with is not situations that are comfortable james they stay with situations that are familiar exactly and and it's still that's still prevalent today in uh, in the women that are in that situation uh, depending on what level they are, uh, they're they're afraid that they won't be able to find a job. They're afraid they're going to get hurt. Of course, they're afraid for their children, their pets. Uh, they, you know, we they have for for someone who's a predator, they, uh, you know, knowingly try to control another person. So if if that's what's going on, then a w- woman can be a the perfect target for them because physically most of them are weaker than the man. Plus they're the breadwinner. Uh, so they, they gradually try to take control and this happens over, can happen over a period of time. So this violence is a, is an issue of control. It is control. It's, it's a, it's a control issue, control over another human being. And, uh, that, to, that strikes my heart really hard, uh, because not only, was it perfect for me to do a benefit for this? But I also advocate against child abuse, uh, elderly, you know, any any kind of animals, any kind of situation where whoever is being attacked is defenseless or helpless, you know, can fend for themselves. That's where uh, that's the strongest part of my and heart. And they feel they don't have a voice or they just don't know what to do. They exactly. don't know where to access help. And most people sit back and say, isn't that a shame? Somebody should really do something about that. Right. And they they say that. So what we do, which is really nice, so we can talk about a benefit to raise money to help, and that certainly helps. Uh, we have all kinds of different things going on. But one of the biggest thing is the awareness. So we want people to leave there knowing what the warning signs are because almost every one of us comes across it. We see the warning signs. And sometimes the warning sign can start out with just verbal abuse, emotional abuse, but we know that that can lead to physical abuse. So uh, that's how it starts out. When you feel alone and you feel without, you feel that you don't have any support, you feel so alone and you're consumed with fear. We often talk, James, about fear being the corroding thread throughout people's lives, a foundational emotion. Exactly. It, it is. Fear is, is built in and we all have some sort of fear. And it's, it's, a, it's an emotion that, you know, we have to experience. The, the thing that we need to know is how do we handle that fear? What do we do with it? So the idea is this is a feel-good event, okay? A feel-good event. However, how does this go forward, James? Okay, so what we, what we uh, 
we do this and we try to create the awareness, but it's a continuous all year round uh, activity that's going on because we're we're in touch with the, the centers uh, and we keep in touch with them and we certainly are try to be there to, to, to tell people how to give someone advice. We certainly don't want someone, if it's a neighbor or a friend, to go in and actually physically intervene as much as we'd rather have them call one of the hotlines and tell them what's going on so they can advise them because there's always that danger of some physical harm and you know you can actually create that if you stir up so often we live in a world where don't get involved yes. don't get involved look the other way hold your head down pretend you don't see and that, and that's the way things were before this domestic violence became to the came to the forefront that it was it was happening you know you're talking about uh, the, the traditional home structure where the husband worked the wife stayed at home, took care of the house, raised the kids and all of that. So there, there was such a wall between the two. You, you didn't cross over one yes. or the other. So. Every, everyone had their roles. Yeah, exactly. So with that being uh, existing, then it was almost a natural thing for the man to be in charge. And, and, and that includes our, our, our tendency and our natural instincts which are to be a protector, mm -hmm. you know, yes. to be someone who takes care of. So, but what happens with domestic violence, it, it goes into controlling everyone, you know, not really protecting as much as wanting to have control. So generally people who feel low self-concept, low self-esteem mm -hmm. and feel that they have no control over their own life, the only belief that they have to control something is a weaker person. Yes, and and so so that builds up over time. It's, it may start out gradually, but while it's building up as uh, you know, uh, violating someone else, there it's also building more strength within that predator, that person who's committing this domestic violence. They get stronger the more control they get, to the point where you, you know the, they look the other way, like you said, put their head down, go in the corner. <laughs> Power. So Martin Luther King said, evil will conquer when good people do nothing. Yes, and that is so true. And uh, that's why I call out to all, all the people I can and every way I can through the media and through attendance at this to try to do the good thing, you know. So when we talk about fear, and fear, fear is an emotion— and our emotions are neither good nor bad. It's how we react to them. It's what it's a reaction that follows the emotion. So, James, no one is fearless. Okay. If you want to see fearless people, go to the movies. Uh, if you want to see the tough guys, go to the movies. Okay. Because that's where they are. So, all courage is, is the ability to deal with fear. And sometimes we need to support people for them to have that courage. And the thing about fear is that we, as we know in our uh, DBT training, is that you know, it, it, it has to be fact-based. So you, you want to look for the facts. So if there's a fear that you have, check the facts first. Say, is it, are you, you know, over, you know, overdoing your fear? Is it, is it unwarranted? Is it not factually based? And so, so that's why domestic violence, you know, there are some out there who get verbally abused, emotionally abused, but say things like, oh, that's okay. Uh, it, it, you know, he, he does this all the time or, you know, it, they, they just blow it off and think that, 
you know, everything will be all right. They justify it. And a lot of, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people who are being abused in that situation, they get into the mindset when they're told, like, told a lie long, loud enough and long enough, they begin to believe it. So they, they actually begin to believe that they deserve what they're getting. Yep. It's, it's a tactic that's used in a lot of ways by a lot of people who are trying to uh, break into someone's head and, and try to take it over. Or people say, that's my business. Stay out of my business. You don't belong in my business. Uh, you, you don't tell me what to do. And say, don't get involved in their business. Don't. Well, uh, when another human being is hurt, it's everyone's business. Yeah. And then so, so someone may be getting verbally abused, emotionally abused. Sooner or later, someone reaches, the woman may reach their limit and may say something back or do something. And, and that upsets the the predator, and he wants to react. So sometimes it gets to that physical point when she does not obey the commands. And, and this is just so much control over a human life. And it's, it's just, I, when, I, when I hear these stories, and I've... They're heartbreaking, they're tragic. Yeah, and I've, I've met so many women who have come forward to me and told me their stories, their backstories, and I just, I, SMH, shake my head. I mean, it's unbelievable. Unfortunately, what also poisons the pond in these situations is substance use. Uh, yeah, that, that gets in there in alcohol for sure. Uh, you know, uh, you know, especially, you know, if it's a violent situation, alcohol send, seems to bring out the braveness and courageousness, uh, courageousness of a person. So they actually lose. Alcohol releases the inhibitions. Exactly. You, you may do something that you normally maybe would like to do, right. but you normally would not do. So the Bible's Jesus talks 184 times. He, may, he references 184 times in the New Testament about the responsibility to help the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, uh, the sick, the falsely imprisoned, uh, the, the marginalized. Do you think he meant it? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I absolutely, uh, it's a sad kind of war thing that you see, but not to the point where you say, I can't deal with this. I'm not going to try to help. Uh, for me, it just energized me. And, you know, those, those kinds of things are, are the things. I that see that's in me. your heart. I, I hear that yeah. in your voice. This, this is a matter that's very important to you and close to your heart. Yes. I, you know, I just see any kind of injustice done to someone who's defenseless and helpless, uh, and it could be the simplest thing, but anytime I see that, I just, you know, it just gets me worked up. So I want to try to do something, but I can't do everything, so I do what I can when I can, and I try to analyze it and say, you know, what's the smart thing to do? No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Exactly. Okay. And that's the, that's the basis of our event. Our benefit is to increase that awareness so people know awareness. what those signs are. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.